this is going to be the number one marketing strategy for 2024. What? Well, actually, I'll share it with you in just a minute. First, I want to address like there have been rumblings. There have been rumblings in the marketplace. Things are changing. And if you're not prepared to handle the changes that are going on in the marketplace that are hitting right now and will only be worse in 2024, then you're going to struggle with marketing. Or, or you can be on top of it, you can be ahead of it, and 2024 can be an excellent year for you. So with that, let's dive into my notes here. How the market is changing going into 2024. Really, there are big questions about the state of the economy, the world, right? Economics are on everybody's mind. Like we don't love thinking about things like inflation or a struggling economy or what high interest rates are going to mean for the housing market and what the housing market means for the entire economy and all this stuff, right? We don't like thinking about it, but it is front and center in all of our awareness. Cost of groceries, cost of things that we buy, cost of, you know, Christmas presents, right? Cost of all of these things that we, for the last few years, have just been able to spend on without really worrying so much about what they cost. Now, suddenly, consumers are very aware of all of this. And then there's politics. <laughs> now, without getting too much into politics, in the U.S. at least, 2024 is a presidential election year. This is the weirdest presidential election in a long time. And um, certainly there is this continued state of polarization between left and right that is causing uncertainty and um, causing friction and anxiety and angst, right? Uh, and then there's conflict. There's global conflict. We have Ukraine. We have uh, Israel and the Gaza Strip. We have like all of that conflict going on and then all of that conflict is like hot zones in this just kind of global uh, slow boil or simmer that we have going on between East and West, between, um, you know, the great powers of the 20th century and people who want to, countries who want to challenge that in the 21st century, right? Um, and it's... There's there's a lot of question marks out there. There's a lot of angst. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot. Well, um, there's rising fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Right? There's there's rising fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And this is the ever present backdrop, the emotional and um, cognitive backdrop that we are facing as marketers. That our our audience whether or not they want to be uh, caught up in this, our audience is to a degree caught up in this by the ever-present news cycle and by all of these things going on around us. And so this is what we're selling into, right? This is the situation that we're selling into. And I'm not telling you that you should go hide under a rock, that you should change all your money into gold bullion and bury it in your backyard or anything like that. I'm not trying to create a sense of fear here. But I am saying that this is something that you um, either have to address head on, right, by adapting, or that's going to be impacting you in ways that you don't fully understand. And in 
that's because it's changing consumer behavior, right? So like a microcosm observation. A couple of years ago in the financial world, everything was driven by greed, greed, greed. And still this year, you know, some days there are uh, particularly good moments in the stock market. You know, right, right now as I'm recording this, we've just had a pretty good run in the stock market for a few days when the Fed basically said, well, we're not raising interest rates right now. Um, <laughs> and people took that to say that the Fed is done raising interest rates. And, you know, so the stock market took off and the bond market took off, right? And so there are these moments of greed, but more generally, the stuff that I'm seeing circulating is, is more about consistency and consistent income being a, a really obvious example of that in investments. And this is the same thing that happened, you know, after the 2008 crash, that when people were facing all that uncertainty about what the economy was going to do, they just wanted to grab onto some consistent income, right? And so it's a microcosm observation and what's working in you know, financial publications versus what's working more generally. But it is representative of the consumer behavior and how consumers are thinking about spending money, right? Um, moving from this place of greed to place of, of wanting consistency. Uh, in a, another more, more general observation is that in times of instability, people move to buy things that are like retro and nostalgia and reliable, right? And all of this kind of reflects a, a time in which things felt safer, a time in which things felt better. Now, whether they were or not is not, like rationally, that doesn't matter, right? But what we're trying to identify here is that feeling state that people are going after. And the feeling state that people are going after is that they want things to feel reliable. They want things to feel secure. They want things to feel safe. They want things to feel familiar. And say that, so they go back to those past experiences that trigger that. And they look for current opportunities and solutions that trigger those feelings of safety, of security, of reliability, right? And so how's that changing behavior? Well, a really good way to think about this is, is the poker language or the the gambling language, right? Like, so you get somebody who's who's winning a bit at poker and they play fast and loose, right? They, they're, they're betting more, they're going, you know, placing big bets, betting more aggressively, all of that. Versus if somebody's maybe taken a couple uh, tough losses recently, they play close to the chest, right? And you don't have to play poker to recognize this language and its implication. Playing close to the chest is like, playing less aggressively, playing more conservatively, right? And in the past few years, and especially with all the like stimulus after the economy got shut down from COVID and then the government handed out money and then the economy opens back up and like people had been not spending and then they get to spend again, right? And it, it took some playing fast and loose that was already happen, happening prior to COVID and it only seemed to amplify it. And so we had a couple of years of things just being wacko, right? Um, and people were just playing fast and loose. And then things become much more uncertain, potentially more unstable, right? Uh, potentially scarier. And people are playing closer to the chest. Now that does not mean they're not playing, right? And from a marketing selling perspective, that doesn't mean they're not buying. But it does mean that 
what it's going to take to get them to buy is going to be different than what it's going to take or than what it took, you know, a couple of years ago to get them to buy, right? So if you're struggling right now to get response, whether that's getting clients for your marketing services business, such as copywriting, being an agency, or whether it's getting customers for what you do, it might be because your assumption is that people are going to continue playing fast and loose. And you need to say, like, what do I do here if people are playing a little close to the chest, close to the vest, right? Like, how, how do I adapt when people are, are, are in a situation where they might feel a little bit tighter, right? And success in all these cases, I mean, when you look at recessions, for the most part, recessions, it's like a 3% drop in economic activity, a 2% drop in economic activity. Maybe it's 4 or 5% if it's a big recession, but then activity picks back up. There's still like that 97%, right? If it's a 3% drop in economic activity, it's still 97% of the, the activity that was out there. It's just, what are those people doing to capture that different status, right? Um, so what's going to matter most to get marketing results in 2024 is, big word, trust. Trust. Trust will matter most to get marketing results in 2024. And so you need to focus on how you can generate trust, how you can stimulate trust, how you can build trust. And if your marketing or your business prior to now has been one where you are abusing trust or not fully leaning into trust, maybe that is going to be causing big challenges right now. So you need to say, like, how can I become a more trustworthy source in this person's life, right? Or, you know, maybe you're doing fine and that's because you already have focused on this and you've really emphasized the trust in your, in your uh, clients and your customers, right? So the number one strategy for marketers in 2024 is to lean into trust, to lean into trust. So in terms of generating new business, you need to proactively do things to build trust in you. And if you have past business that you'd like to reactivate or simply keep in this environment, you need to re reinforce trust, right? You need to focus on what you can do to reinforce yourself as the trusted source expert authority in your market in, in solving your particular problem that you solve for your clients and customers. And nine ways that you can cultivate trust here. Uh, be real and authentic. Be authentic and genuine with your, uh, with your clients and customers, with your audience, with your people. The more real you are, the more authentic you are, you know, the more you're going to stimulate trust because uh, <laughs> The thing about authenticity is it's hard to fake, right? And that sounds silly, but um, it, it's something that is, that's often sensed at a gut level and your customers are better at sensing it than you might imagine. And so if you're stretching authenticity and if you imagine that poker player who's trying to figure out if the person across from them uh, is bluffing or not, right? And they're being extra sensitive because they're not playing fast, fast and loose, they're playing you know, close to the chest, close to the vest then they're going to be paying attention and any hint of inauthenticity, uh, any hint of being not real is going to be a signal that they don't want to play, right? They don't want to play that hand and they're not going to play your hand against you. Well, with you, we'll say with you. Um, they're not going to play 
in his hand if uh, you aren't authentic, right? Tell the truth. Tell the I mean, some of these should be basic rules, right? And they kind of are, right? They are basic rules. And at the same time, this is the stuff like just use it as a checklist. Am I, am I being truthful about this? Is the experience that somebody has after they have consumed my marketing message and, and purchase going to be the same as what they understood it to be during the marketing message, right? And if it's not, well, you're going to be damaging your trust with those customers and they're not going to come back. They're not going to spend more, right? So tell the truth. Share your knowledge and competence. This helps them feel confident in you, right? This helps them understand that you know what you're doing, right? So you're doing some education-based marketing here. And that's, it builds a lot of trust when you help them understand what you know about their problem, about the solution to their problem, right? And so share your knowledge and competence. Focus on best fit clients and customers. Maybe when everybody's playing fast and loose, you can kind of scoop up everybody that's anywhere close to a good fit for your service. But in the long run, that's going to diminish trust because those people who are not a good fit are going to be, um, are, are going to have a negative experience and that's going to diminish your trust. And so if you focus, refocus on the people who are the absolute best fit for what you do, then you're going to have more success for those people and with those people. Solve problems, don't sell. Yes, you do have to sell, right? But you don't want to be that pushy salesperson here because that pushy salesperson, if somebody's already playing close to the chest, they're they're gonna they're gonna step out. They're gonna they're gonna fold on that hand, right? And so if you instead focus on solving problems, if you say, you know, I'm 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 gonna work with you here, I'm gonna figure out, I'm gonna work to understand your problem. I'm going to diagnose and make sure that, that you have a complete understanding of the problem. And then once we understand your problem, we're going to look at the solutions that are possible. And one of those solutions is likely to, going to be our product, our service. And uh, if it makes sense as the best solution for you, then absolutely we'll move forward with that, right? But let's first and foremost focus on making sure we understand the problem and what solutions you have available to you. Right? And that attitude is a huge cultivator of trust and will actually close more customers in good times and bad. Be reliable and keep your word. Um, again, some of these things should be like base level rules for being in business or life, right? But the focusing on being reliable and if you make promises to clients, make promises to customers that they're actually going to get fulfilled on those promises and in the cases where those promises are suddenly unable to be fulfilled for whatever reason, like adjust the promise and, and come clean with it, right? Come forward with it. We're looking at cultivating trust here, right? Take care of your customers. Take care of, just take care of them, right? Have them under your care. Be there for, uh, for helping them to solve their problem. And when you do that, when they sense that, when that's coming through, when that is an authentic stance and approach that you're taking, that will help you close more sales. Help them make the best choice. Some of these, like they're coming at it, coming at the same thing from, from lots of angles, right? But if your role is less about closing them and more about helping them make a good decision, the best decision for them, there is more trust there, right? It turns the sales relationship 
from an adversarial relationship to a cooperative relationship. And if like they get good feelings from cooperating with you, then they're going to want to do more business with you, right? And offer a good value. This isn't necessarily lowest price or anything like that, but you want to offer a good value. And so somebody needs to feel at the end of the day when they spent money with you and they got the service or, or product that you are selling them, that they got the value that they desired out of it, right? So offer them a good value and you're going to cultivate trust. Call to action for you in this episode. Number one, just ask yourself how you can use this, how you can put it to work. And number two, check out my proof credibility and believability copywriting course. There is a large overlap here. It's not one for one. But this proof credibility and believability course has, I believe, 26 different ways that you can increase the proof credibility and believability of your marketing messages. It's part of the BTMS Insiders training library. So you pay one low fee, you get access to all the courses there, but check that one out. And that can be a very solid way, specifically in your marketing and selling messages, how to increase trust so that more people will be interested in doing business with you. I'm Roy Fur, this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. These are now weekly episodes, and I'll catch you again in the next one. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Want more? Every day I share exclusive insights like this one with thousands of smart copywriters, marketers, and entrepreneurs who subscribe to my daily emails. We'd love to have you join us there. Just go to BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com.